0: Hi, I'm Garth
1: Hand. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're
2: the Forex
1: Angels, and you're listening to the V8 Insiders.
3: It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell.
2: HRT announces its Enduro lineup. Cam McConville and James in their car and then uh, have Nick Perkat join me in the in the number two car. Looked in my room and in my old bookshelf I've got old Brock cars and uh, all these HRT gears. The sale looks like it's about to happen as Tanda takes paceman Mitchell Johnson for a spin. I'm not standing at the batting boat having him bowl. It's all coming up today as the lights go out on another edition of
4: the V8 Insiders. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
2: Speculation over the sale of V8 supercars with the favourite Archer Capital. Deal is reportedly $300 million. Now, the sale of SEL's 25% share could result in $4 million up front to the teams, with the teams retaining 40% of the business. It seems that Tony Cochrane will maintain his position as chairman following the sale, with the possibility of him taking a personal financial stake. What the sale may mean for the upcoming TV right negotiations is not clear, but for a sport that reports itself to be the third major in the Australian landscape, it will be crucial to how the series moves forward. This week HRT announced its driver lineup confirming Nick Percat will drive with his mentor Garth Tander, while Cam McConville will join the series with defending champion James Courtney. Tander is thrilled to be partnered with the up-and-coming V8 star. A uh, great opportunity for Nick. Um,
1: obviously, his first Bathurst 1,000 start, and he gets to do it with the factory-holding team. So uh, got absolute faith in what he can do and what he can bring to the team, and he's doing a great job in the Fujitsu series, and I
5: think it'd be great to have him on board.
2: Courtney is confident that he'll be able to find the speed in the car
1: by the time they hit the Enduros. Uh, we've got a lot of updates coming in the car. Um, I'm getting more and more familiar with the car and we're finding speed all the time. And also with Cam coming on board, uh, it definitely, uh, definitely does give us a great, great ingredients to, uh,
2: to definitely do it. Nick Perkat talked about the opportunity of stepping up to the main game.
6: Yeah, a bit of a surprise and a massive honour uh, just to have your name up in the list of drivers that are driven with HRT is a, a massive, massive thing just for me personally, so I'm um, really looking forward to getting to Bathurst because that's where it's really going to kind of probably hit a bit more than Phillip Island with the uh, amount of
2: fans up there for HRT, it's a, going to be very very cool. Cam McConville is looking forward to joining Courtney in the number one car. We'll both go up there with one goal in mind to try
1: and get that trophy finally.
2: V8 Supercars announced a brand new partnership with Etihad Airways. Mark Winterbottom talked about what it means to have the Abu Dhabi Airline on board as a V8 Supercar sponsor.
1: It's going to be a great partnership and you know the airline is by far the best in the in the world and uh got to enjoy the the best comforts of it abu dhabi is is an incredible country and um you know i've taken my family there i think it's it's uh it's not that far away and now having a an airline partnership this is a step in the right direction to actually showcasing the race and the country that we go to and i'm I'm hoping that a lot of australians get over there because uh it's not that far away, and it's, it's definitely worth the trip.
2: Tony Cochran foreshadowed that the Etihad link-up will indicate just how many more events that are coming online which will involve international travel.
1: Certainly over the next few years, we're going to be going to some new and exciting locations, maintaining virtually all the races in Australia. So we're adding all the time, which uh, is where we wanted to get to, and we're nearly there now where we're going to really start, particularly from 2013 on, just keep adding new events. Uh, and maintaining all the great Australian events as well.
2: Lindsay White is the EDIAD Airways General Manager in Australia and he's talked about the reasons why they wanted to get involved with V8 Supercars.
0: Opportunity there for... A lot of the fans that follow V8 Supercars to be flying with us, and, and hopefully the tie-up in terms of the sponsorship uh, will um, will encourage more of the, the fan base to be travelling with us. As many of them do and have done in, in the past couple of years. So,
2: Greg Murphy talked about testing at Winton a week ahead of going to the track for the, the next event on the championship calendar.
1: We know the track backwards, but what we're trying to do is just learn out, learn the tyre. Um, and and you know, find a package that you can go anywhere and be, be quick on. So I don't, I don't think it's, it's giving... V8 supercars
2: have announced they will not be racing under lights at Queensland Raceway this year. As often mentioned by Tony Cochran, the lighting of the track is not the issue once again. A review has identified that the lighting of the public areas and parking is still what's keeping the dream of night racing in Australia a little further away. Carl Rydler is recovering from his burn suffered at the Trading Post Challenge with the news this week, coming out that he will be back on the grid if the decision on Friday is a positive one. And finally, Garth Tander took paceman Mitchell Johnson for a run around his home track last week. Gear
1: change down that back straight. Stuff's up the first time, but um, yeah, the second final. But he's not going to bowl. I'm not standing at
2: the bat. Having him bowl. With no, him. we have to do it one. No, day totally fair, totally isn't it? No way. <laughs> but the leading HRT driver, whose future comes under much speculation in this edition of V8X Magazine on sale now, is going to be a one very much to watch. After the break, we go rustling in the Fujitsu series with Dave Russell, and then later we hear from Jason Bride. It's all coming up as the V8 Insiders continues.
4: News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars
3: Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
2: Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Regularly, we see a lot of other retired full-time drivers jumping into the series to get experience for the Enduros. I guess we had a situation last weekend where Paul Morris was actually getting in and beating and banging with one of the uh, series hopefuls in Nick Purcat. What was your thoughts on the shenanigans there?
1: Oh, I think um, to be honest, I sort of had a, a little bit of a bird's eye view in in, in uh, the first race. But um, look, I think if you give it, you've got to be expect to, to take it too. So um, I think those guys probably took it uh, a little bit further than than um, what most would. But um, yeah, all I could see was a, a bit of um, <laughs> a bit of bumping into each other, and um, you know, and then there was the return serves um, from Nick. Um, on Paul in the first race, and I believe that um, that it didn't end there.
2: <laughs> but obviously, you're running for a championship. You have to pick your battles, don't you? And you know that Paul's only out there for a bit of fun and publicity.
1: Oh look, I think um, you know, not taking anything away from Paul. He's certainly a certainly a good driver. He races hard, and and look, to be honest, I I've never had any dramas um, racing Paul. I, I've always found that um, if I was faster than him and putting the pressure on um, you know he respects a nice clean move um, you know not not being sort of not being tapped and bumped from behind um, rather than you know just putting a nice move on him and he goes yep okay well you got me <laughs> but um, look it's good to see the guys you know um, I'm not sure what other main series teams will be looking at putting some of their endurance drivers in the category um, for Townsville on the rounds before the endurance races but I'd certainly welcome that um, it, it gives all the guys that are going for the championship, yes yes, they have the ability to, to you know, throw things up in the air a little bit and get amongst the battles with for championship contenders but at the same time you need someone to um, you need some of those guys coming back in as a bit of a yardstick to, to race against and if you're beating them that makes you look great and uh, if you don't beat them, well then you you um, have to learn from it and work out where you can perhaps um, improve your game a little bit. Mm.
2: How do you look at the next couple of rounds of the championship?
1: Oh look, it's critical for me. Um, we we entered uh, to Barbagello um, 11th in the championship which was um, very disappointing and, and to finish the the weekend off in 4th place was great. Um, there was um, yeah, there's a lot going on and you just had to keep your nose clean and and uh, sort of come out the other side but I was, um, I was pretty happy with my starts both um, both races I got absolutely blinder of uh, starting both races so I'm pretty happy with those and um, I think if I can get on the front row at Townsville and pull one of those starts I think um, they'll, they'll um, I'll have some of those guys will be finding it pretty hard to get past the, uh, the Jayco forward.
2: Well David we look forward to having a chat with you after the next round and uh, well keep on punching.
1: Yeah thanks very much.
3: Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders.
4: You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars
3: To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at V8insiders at sportradio.com.au.
2: Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders for another week, our roundtable segment with, from Auto Action, it's Mark Fogarty. Very good evening to you, Mark.
5: And to you too, Craig, and welcome to Big, Nev, Big Hair Nev. Yes. How are you?
2: From V8X Magazine.
5: Yep, and the hair is big. Oh, it's great to be here. Is it as big as my hair, though? I've I'm big hair I now. I haven't. Big I hair, folks. Seen... I've, I've got
6: the ageing rock star look. <laughs> yeah, well, you got the ageing right. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen your hair lately, folks. I hope I'm going to see it at Winton. Uh you will. All right, I can't wait. Yeah, uh, I'm sure the fans can't wait either to see.
5: Yeah, folks, Buffon.
2: Well. <laughs> Everything's getting bigger in the V8 Supercars, and I guess with the the news that uh, it's a two-horse race at the moment with Archer Capital running like black caviar in front. Does it matter, really, who V8 Supercars sells the Series to, folks? Because it seems like the speculated outcomes are very, very similar, no matter who owns it.
5: Well, Craig, it's over. Race run. Winner declared. Archer Capital will be the new... Majority owners of V8 supercars. Is it going- the final two was uh, cut down to the final one last week at a meeting of the team bosses at uh, last Thursday, I believe, at Melbourne Airport. And uh, after the SEL directors had met earlier in the week, they said, "Well, it's between World Sport Group, which is a Singapore-based sports marketing giant in the Asian region." and Archer Capital, which is Sydney, is a Sydney-based private equity company. Um, the SL, SEL directors, including, of course, Tony Cochran, the chairman of EA Supercars, said, well, we're happy with both bids. This is my information, my well-sourced information. Um, not a lot between them. You guys decide. And uh, it wasn't a unanimous vote, but it was a majority vote by the team bosses um, that they would go with Archer Capital, now, why they decided against World Sport Group and their credentials is the interesting part. It's the twist, and I can explain that if you want to, but I'll leave yeah, that to not? you.
2: I'll, well, I'll get Neville's feeling, and then we'll hear the twist, like a, a good M Night Shyamalan movie. Nev, what's your thoughts? Well,
6: I I know what you're saying. I think I think they wanted someone who had. A vision, or a, definitely a desire, to grow the sport, and not just, um, not just try and get their money back on it. You know, because this is part of this is part of the issue. It's not just it's not just a not just business of theirs. There's a lot of businesses involved in this one business, and I'm talking all the teams. And there, you know, there's a lot of emotion out there because people watch it for enjoyment as a sport. You know, it's, it's very different to other types of businesses in reg- that regards. So I thought I think the teams must have taken in consideration or the people who are selling, taken um, taking in consideration, you know, where they wanted to go, these new the new overlords so to speak, where do they want to go with the sport? How do they want to grow it? If they want to grow it, yeah, well we'll go with them. You know, because potentially everybody can make a lot more money out of this. So why not? Maybe maybe um, Singapore wanted a bigger cut they wanted more than, uh, than the reported sixty percent. Maybe they wanted seventy, seventy-five, and who knows? So, uh, you know, it's, it's the teams. Folks probably going to shed some light on it in a minute.
2: Well, folks, I will go back to you now for the twist because my thoughts: a venture capitalist wants to make money. World Sports Group would probably want to insert more influence. Is that anywhere near the twist we're talking about?
4: Uh,
5: partially, yeah. Uh, well, they both want to make more money. Mm. They're only buying into V8 supercars. Anyone is only buying into V8 supercars because they see potential in the medium to long term to make more money. Um, my understanding is that uh, when it came down to it, um, and I also understand there was a bit of a push um, on uh, for Archer Capital at, at the end, if you like, by Roland Dane, who's one of the team principals, team owners, but also um, he's on the board and um, he was giving a presentation to the teams along with Tim Miles, who um, has advised that we get supercars on this partial uh, sale, and I believe Ross Stone was already there. But anyway, my understanding is the feeling in the end was that, yeah, World Sport Group, you know, they're the best option in terms of they know how to run sport. They're heavily involved in in sports marketing and um, very heavily involved in the uh, Indian Premier League and um, 2020 cricket. But there was a feeling that maybe they may try to exert too much influence and um, have too much expertise, and in the end, Archer Capital was... um, Because the money was virtually the same and all the other benefits were virtually the same, I understand, um, there was a feeling... um, Well, it'll never be official, but there was a feeling that Archer Capital, you know, would be less likely to interfere with the running of the sport and interfere on the running, on the sporting side of it, uh, certainly, uh, whereas World Sport Group might be tempted to dabble. So um, that's my understanding whether whether that story ever fully comes out. Um, I'll never know, but that's my my sources. And, um, you know, this whole thing comes down to money that V8 Supercars, their shareholders, the teams who own 75% at the moment, and Sport and Entertainment Limited, the four partners there who hold 25%, uh, they are, to put it crudely, cashing in. And then um, the new owner or majority, uh, you know, the company Archer Capital it gains majority control, which will be at least 60%. You know, it's all about money for them. They're looking to make money, but down the track through TV rights, through sanction fees, yada, yada, yada. And we're talking, you know, significant money. I mean, everything I've heard points to SEL wanting seventy-five to $80 million for their 25% share. So that would value the sport... Um, yeah, somewhere around $300, $320 million um, at the upper scale. And the teams are going to sell down their shareholding from 75%, as I said, down to, well, just under 40% is the, is the bet because there'll be um, small, small shareholding going to Tony Cochran, who will continue as the chairman, but strictly non-executive chairman in the new board. In fact, the new administration of V8 Supercars is very interesting in itself and uh, some of the senior executives at VHC because I understand will be offered offer, offered the opportunity to also invest so the teams will end up bottom line with just under 40% but um, they'll all get a windfall of something like well certainly over $3 million, more like $4 million for each of the uh, racing entitlement contracts that is the licenses that they hold for each entry So for some of them quite a handsome payday and for some of them that will dig them out of the deep doo-doo the deep financial doo-doo that some of them yeah. find themselves in mm. do you,
6: folks do you mm? do you know if team owners can reinvest in if there's opportunity there for some teams to put some of that money maybe back into an own i mean cuz you're saying that, thought i've not heard that I well, guess. Well, I, I know that I know of at least one team that would probably like to like to take advantage of that if they could. Yeah, I'm sure they would. So, and that, that's so, an interesting. Um, yeah, because I've heard style. I've heard that the teams wouldn't be allowed to wouldn't be allowed to buy it. So any of the team owners wouldn't be allowed to buy it. But I can't. You know, it's really weird. Guess what? Probably not. I don't think that's the intention. I think you
5: know the the new majority owners. You know, want to get control, and control is very important. You
6: know. Oh. No good They're having fifty percent or something. But yeah, the, no, s they'll still have control, no 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 worries there. But um the opportunity to maybe invest a little bit more or buy and you're saying some of the upper level management have an opportunity maybe yeah. to invest. To invest, but at very owner? small level. Yeah, well, you know, does that include team owners, yeah. so yeah, but I don't th- know. The, that's not my understanding, but yeah, yeah, it's a good
5: yeah, point. Sure. You know, I don't it's probably not been ruled out but I've just not heard that. Yeah. But um, yeah.
2: You so can
0: what's
6: really owners. interesting. Yeah.
2: Guys, yeah. you can tell this is my show. I can't get a word in wise. <laughs> the thing is, any team owner can take that 3-4 million dollars and put it back into Archer Capital and own the people who own the series.
4: Yeah.
2: It's not a but direct I think, yeah. but
4: I
6: think Archer the team capital.
5: owners are more in, yeah, and they've been very active in um, you know the, the normal commercial world they've got no um, track record in sports you know buying sports properties but you know they are um, they do have a pretty good track record you know of what approaching well 15 years at least um, in um, well I understand you know some 25 acquisitions and you know aggregate funding in the excess of 4 billion dollars so um, you know they're no small fry and um, there's been due diligence you know up the wazoo on this so you know, VA Supercars have looked at them to make sure they're a bona, f- you know, make sure of their bona fides, and uh, equally Ultra capital, along with World Sport Group, and then there was the other bidder who just dropped out at the last minute. It was the London-based the Ru- Russian-backed Converse Initial, uh, Converse Sports Initiatives, who actually now own the World Rally Championship. You know, they dropped out at the end, right at the end. Um, but mm. they've all done their due diligence, and just to get to this point of putting in a bid cost two to three million dollars. So you know. If you uh, don't, you know, the losing bidders, if you like, you know, they had to be serious about it because it's cost them quite a lot of money, I understand. Mm.
2: A break now on the V8 Insiders, and we'll be back with Gas and Go right after this.
3: Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders.
4: You've taken the V8 to the races, you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best riders and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage.
0: Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8
4: Insiders.
2: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, folks, and Neville Wilkinson, and it's time for Guess and Go.
4: Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
2: Now here's the impossible part. Five questions, three minutes starting from now. folks. is Tander going to be the most sought after driver in this year's silly season?
5: Oh of course. He's the best driver who's out of contract at the end of the season. He's by far the most desirable driver he'll be a uh, hot property Nev what folks said
2: is the Gold Coast international driver list enough Neville to justify its status as an international event
6: uh, well it, it's 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 a subjective thing it, if they're international drivers it's an international event as a wow international event who knows in the most world we think it's good uh, I like the event I like how it went last year so let's make it international folks Oh, of course it is. It's going to have a 28
5: overseas drivers coming in. You know, among them some some pretty big names. Not the biggest names in the world. We're not going to get any Formula or even DTM or World Touring Car aces. But we're getting you know probably some of the best from Indy cars. There'll be some uh, real top guns from sports cars. The likes of uh, eight times Le Mans 24-hour winner Tom Christensen. So yeah, fully international.
2: Folks, how much controversy is good for the V8 Supercar Series?
5: You can never have too much. The more, the better. Nev? As long
6: as they spell your name right, all publicity is good publicity.
2: Well, Nev, there's no night race this year. Does the Series need to go night racing for it to grow?
6: May not need to, but it's an interesting exercise, and I thought if they could get it up, um, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. It's been, it has been tried before in um, touring car circles, uh, I, slightly before v uh, because got involved with Calder. Uh, colder the Peter Brock, there was a Peter Brock uh, race many years ago, um, and it was just, you know, they ran that under the lights of Calder. I think it's got potential. It's got to be handled right. Um, I felt that Queensland was probably ripe for it. You know, Saturday night, you got the next day Sunday up your sleeve. It's good. So. I'm um, sorry to see it not happen. Would love to see it happen. Thanks. The very first ever V8 Supercars event
5: was, in fact, a night race, 1997 in, at Calder. So it was it's, the one I was talking about. Uh, no, well, there was the Peter Brock Trophy one. That was something else as well. But, the, you know, first under the V8 Supercars brand was a night race, oddly. But so we're going to go back to the future. It's got to happen. It could have been the, you know, the making of that horrid Queensland Raceway round. Um, I'm gutted that they're not going ahead with it. Um, obviously, it was more complicated, more expensive than they thought because they were pretty confident it was going to happen. It will happen eventually, but it can't come soon enough.
2: Mm. Are burnouts, folks, good for V8 supercars and, more importantly, for motorsport?
5: Oh, yeah. How good are they? I can't believe that there's any discussion about this. They've got to be allowed to happen. They are being allowed to happen, even in a limited way. But I, you know why there's any discussions beyond me? It's um, you know, it's fantastic. It shouldn't be every race. All the winners should have their own signature. You know, they shouldn't all do burnouts. They should. Some of them should climb the fences. Some should do handstand. Some should do a you know Valentino Rossi type stunt. You know, vary it up. But at the, you know, the very basics allow burnouts. They should allow burnouts when they come up to the start line. You know, warming up on the grid for the start of a race. In my view.
6: i agree good good for the sport good for the tracks good for well the tally too and good for the fans i mean come on i think the fans are the ones being short changed and they're the ones that are dipping in their pocket to go to the round so burnouts whatever it's part of the personality we talked about that thank god cool heads prevailed Hmm. and one thing it doesn't do it doesn't
5: send out the wrong message it doesn't Incite kids or young drivers to do burnouts you know. Yeah, well, clearly on banned... the racetrack It's a different thing altogether yeah, And they'd
6: ban drag racing if that was the case
2: Guys, that's Gas and Go for another week We'll be back more to talk about this V8 sale and television
4: Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X Magazine Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page For your chance to win some great prizes
2: Well, folks, we we talked a lot in that first segment of the show about the sale of V8 supercars. I'm interested in your thoughts. We've seen the AFL-TV deal come out, and we've seen something very, very interesting. Live free-to-air television rights or commercial television rights sold at the same time as they sold live pay television rights. Can you see what I have been predicting for a little time that we will go live on Speed Channel and 7, with the exception of Bathurst, which has to be broadcast live, will be tape-delayed on commercial or free-to-air television? No. Why not?
5: No. That You know, it might be death knell for the sport. V8 Supercars has got enough struggle on as it is to get mainstream acceptance. It has to be on one of the main free-to-air channels, Primarily, and live and you know it's just it needs eyeballs so it needs the, the best possible representation on the best network possible the best times and preferably live if it gets hived off onto um, you know Fox Sports or Speed onto pay TV fine there might be the money there but the audience is just not there and that will you know that's not going to work for the sponsors it's the same argument the Formula 1's going through it all very well you know, Rupert Murdoch um, you know, leading a push to possibly buy into Formula One and get it onto his, you know, sky network, satellite networks around the place and his other paid networks. But the Formula One teams and sponsors don't want it because, you know, in the foreseeable future, you know, the vast the biggest audiences are still going to be on free to air television and that's what V eight Supercars needs here is a wise observer of V eight Supercars um, said to me just um, yesterday, when I was discussing this, it's um, the next TV deal that VA Supercars is doing, which will be from 2013 onwards, five-year deal probably, is of critical importance. You know, because the new owner is going to be looking for you know more revenue for a start to you know earn back its um, you know investment. Um, but just simply, um, you, you know, you need quality rather than quantity. Um, you know, in terms of money. It's got to be on a mainstream channel first to justify all the the involvement of all the sponsors. That you know that's critical, and I I think that's right. And a live component um, has to be part of it. If you're a serious sport at all, you have to be live, live, not slightly delayed, not you know delayed. It has to be live, live, and I think that's something that V8 Supercars has to and will work on.
2: Where's it going to go, Neville?
6: Well, folks was right on the money it's not just about what you can get for the television rights it is about servicing the sponsors within the sport because let's let's face it there's cars on the tracks and sponsors and sponsorship is what makes the world go around in this sport let's let's not quibble about that and you need to have the eyeballs for the sponsors it's just it's plain and simple that v8 supercars have their own sponsors so they're they're in the same boat in a way You know, they can't on-sell their product for more money in regards to the sponsorship stakes if there's less eyeballs, regardless of what's being paid. Um, So where it's going to go, it has to be live, correct folks, because there's so many side things that spin off on a live race. When a live race you can follow it with live timing which you can get on your computer now. There's there's mobile phone applications, there's smartphone stuff, there's, there's so many other things that uh, that cars could license and make money on and if they because it's not just the television, you know, you know that the internet rights are coming up as well. It's the same time. Well if someone's gonna pay serious money for internet rights this time, they're going to want to be able to interface it with the live racing because that is how you're going to get eyeballs using watching the television and the internet at the same time we do it for bathurst it's a perfect example of how it works but any other race it's a problem
2: and that is a critical problem isn't it folks because big pond at one stage were showing the races live on the website and people were allegedly turning off the tv delayed telecast
5: I seriously doubt in significant numbers, but um, that will that will happen. You know, the, we're talking. We, we, you know, we've been talking traditionally about what TV rights, but it's now broadcast rights and broadcast rights yeah. taken in, um, online and mobile phones. And you know, they'll certainly go to. You know, you'll be able to watch the events live um, online and on your phone. Particularly, I'm, I'm sure they will pay a big whack. It tells we're paying a big whack for the afl rights and they're going to be live as well and uh, they or someone else will do similar if they want to for the v8s um so you know it's a it's a a big thing tony cochran is very confident that he'll get more money for the rights than he did last time i'll be interested to see that i think it's going to be a very difficult push um apparently commercially it is a good deal for the networks but They've got to work on, you know, keeping the audiences up. They've recovered this year, but they need to recover quite significantly, I think.
2: And they've recovered because um, and the racing's is good going for to go it. on.
5: Because, Craig, as you well know, you know, this, this monster, you know, landmark $1 billion-plus deal the AFL's done, you know, with Seven and Fox Sports and then Telstra. Um, you know, where is Seven going to have the space to do this if they're going to run their full complement of four games over a weekend? you know there's talk of them selling off too but you know who's going to buy two cast-off matches so uh, you know and and seven apparently are making a bid for the nrl god knows what's going to happen if they do get the the nrl so you know it'd be interesting to see whether 10s are going to you know be interested in coming back again that would probably be the ideal scenario you know and what's nine going to do you know i mean the betting is the odds are they'll probably keep the nrl anyway but and nine to my To to my knowledge, you know, just have expressed no interest in V8 supercars. So, you know, it it, it might be a harder sell than you think. Its it's saving grace is that for a TV network, apparently, it is very commercially lucrative because, you know, brands like Supercheap Auto and Shannon's Insurance and and, automotive-related advertisers flock to the telecast. But, you know, in terms of sheer ratings and reach, you know, it's not a super sport yet.
2: The big thing, though, is David Leckie at that AFL press conference, Nev, was very adamant that with 7Mate, 7-2 and 7, that's now three networks, not one network.
6: Correct. And you could see that races go live on 7Mate. I'm not against it um channel 7 feel that um the digital tv service is going to be australia wide definitely in the major markets they want to cover now i know that not everybody's going to have it and you're going to get some i'm going to get some mail on this but the fact is i think that there's an opportunity well not an opportunity but they're definitely thinking that it could go on seven mate i know that seven have a desire to keep their supercars i mean you don't invest this many years in it and then just to see it to go someone else they'd like to keep it obviously dollars are going to come down to it the AFL is going to to come down to it Um, my only hiccup is do Seven want to show V8 supercars and AFL at the same time on two separate channels because they can potentially eat into audiences for each one and this is what they've been juggling this year Right, but also there is a scenario that uh, one and ten use with the Formula One. They show the V8 Supercar race live, but then it's, it's then it's um, shown a delayed telecast after the footy on the main channel. Formula right? One. So they show. Yeah. So, well, this is what this is what ten do. The seven could put it on seven mates live, and then and then have the V eight supercars, or they have the footies on the other channel on the main channel, and then and then they go straight into the V eight supercars after the footy delayed telecast on the main thing. So you might actually get two viewings, very similar to the uh, one ten setup. So that is not out of the question.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Although I have heard in the very recent weeks one's out of the tv bid it it's it's rebranding it's rebadging and if anyone that's watching one's now yeah, seen it it's still
6: going to have sport and stuff like that isn't it I mean, well one could you know one yeah. or 10 could take it and not a problem sure you don't have sport all the time on one but there's another there's another fly in the ointment here there is a bit of angst between 10 and 7 at the moment and um they could start having a bit of a you know there's... You know, one could have a go at the other. Seven could say, "No, we're going to take it," just so ten doesn't get it. Well, that's exactly what you
2: want because then you've got two people bidding at the well, moment. Yeah, I know. We've only the got one person is, bidding.
6: Sometimes decisions are made for the, by the wrong. Sometimes decisions are made for the wrong, wrong.
5: Well, they're, or they're always idea. emotionally.
6: They're, they're as much emotionally driven often as they are financially. Yeah. And, so. that, and, and that and that angst goes all the way to the top.
2: It, is, it does indeed. Seven is notorious for buying programs and putting them on the shelf, and uh, that well, is one not, of their classic their strategies.
6: It's between the networks. So exactly, yeah. a bit of toing and frying and a bit of poaching going on between some of the top brass and some of the networks, and they're all feeling the pain a bit, and so there's a few grumpy people out there. Mm. I don't think you want supercars being basically
5: shoved off. To the side, onto the fringe okay. digital channels, because 7 Mate and 7 2 are all very well, but it's going to be a long time still before they become serious rivals to 7, just as, you know, Go and um, Gem, and, you know, a long time away from being serious rivals to 9, and equally 1 as a serious rival to 10 or 11, you know, or 10's other one, 11 for that matter, you know, yeah. the only thing that rates at all with decent numbers on 1 is formula one nothing else rates above a blip this is why they've changed format to become more of you know tens version of seven mate a bloke mm-hmm. channel yep. you still have a lot of support but i still think it's you know to to have you know there will be a bit of mixing and matching you know between seven and seven mate um as we go on just because of scheduling but you know if seven mate became the prime v8 channel I don't know if it's got the drawing power to just pull that audience across. I mean, it's an interesting one, but I doubt it. I'd want to be on Seven first, and then you know, occasionally but spill if, across to Mate.
6: But um, would you would you accept that if they had it on they had it on Seven Mate, but then they had to the delay telecast after the footy on the main free to air? Yeah, that, would it's that possible, work?
5: but I you know you got to look at the footy scheduling, and you know, most of the time mm-hmm. it'll run over the top of it. You know,
4: the, I, I yeah, don't know. It's,
5: we're going to have to see how many footy matches, aren't we, Craig, that yep. seven actually run each weekend. That's going to be
6: critical.
2: And seven's got four. That's the critical thing. Seven's got four. They're trying to sell uh, the other four off. They actually own eight matches at the moment. Yeah, but
6: I know they're trying to get rid of two, but is, seven, is ten going to take them? Because, like I said, this angst between ten and seven doesn't help.
2: ABC has been mooted as taking some. So okay. that's, that's the pull. Well, they be
5: the only ones, wouldn't they? Because it, the two that... 7 are trying to offload on the weekend are going to be cast off, aren't they? Yeah. They're not going to be the appealing matches. I but, don't know there, there's a long way to go on this and it's going to become very complicated, I think, but it's as I said earlier, I think this next TV deal for V8 Supercars is critical. They've got to get it right.
2: Mm. It's going to be yes. interesting. Guys, we will have to talk about the rest of this off-air because we've gone well over time, but it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, folks.
5: Thanks, Greg. Yeah, good and,
6: to chat and... Uh, Good to chat to you too, Big Hair. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to talk to you folks. You know I always love talking to you folks. Yeah. The, the, and we can the, do it live, live. all <laughs> <Or> be there. <laughs> well,
2: Excellent. booyah. White Flag Lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders.
4: You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best riders and award winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now.
2: Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's Y Flag Lap, Jason Bright catches up with Peter Norton to talk about, well, life, the universe, and everything. So far this year, there's been lots of uh, different winners, and uh, you know, congratulations on you being one of those. But I guess what's different with yours is that you're consistently up there now, uh, apart from some little bugs. Uh, whereas some of the others have been flash in the pan. That must be satisfying that you're a real contender now.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, we've had pretty good race pace, and you know, like, like I said, I, I was sort of the areas where we needed to improve was qualifying and starts. And you know, if, if we can sort of tick those boxes now, we'll, um, you know, we'll take it to the next level. And you know. If, yeah, you know, at, at, on this particular surface and um, you know, very slippery surfaces, you know, Triple Eight have been untouchable the li- last couple of years. You know, here and and uh, and Bahrain, um, you know, they've been very strong. And and uh, I really, really, you know, we put a lot of effort into making the car good on these surfaces. And um, it certainly hasn't been a strength of ours in the past. But you know, the, it shows that the team's working well, and my my, my relationship with Phil is working well when. Um, you know when we can get you know not only our car up there but you know all three cars are up there this weekend
2: is it particularly satisfying for the team that you're essentially a customer for a chassis but you're doing better than the supplier
0: oh, I mean that, that's always satisfying but you know I think um, you know there's no bad teams out there these days and and sometimes manufacturing can can be a distraction and you know we've seen teams go through um, periods where the manufacturing side actually distracts them enough, um, you know, and looking after their customers, to uh, you know th- that they don't do as good a job. But you know, I, I I'm a firm believer that we've got all the ingredients we need. We've got the good engineers, um, you know, we've got you know, the, the the right mechanics, got the right, you know, got good equipment, um, you know, we've got good engines. You know, we just got to keep, you know, putting all those right things in place. And as long as we keep on know improving our our, you know anywhere where we're not strong or failing uh you know we'll we'll, um we'll get good results
2: the team is i I guess known for having its ups and downs and uh, even this weekend uh,
0: one of those downs in the race that uh, you actually won uh, with carl's uh, big crash uh, how much damage to that car oh massive amount of damage you know it's um it's it's a pretty big blow for the team and it's going to be a pretty tight turnaround for for winton to um you know to make something happen so you know they're they're a great team though. They'll, they'll you know they'll dig in and, and make it happen though. And um, you know but you, you really don't want those sort of interruptions in your in the year. You know the, he's um you know we're we're just really thankful that he's he's okay. You know that, that was a massive hit. It was um it was a you know very scary fire. Um, you know, I was lucky he wasn't knocked out or anything because uh, you know the way those flames were and and um, and. You know, it was a very scary situation. You know, thankfully he's okay, and you know we'll uh, get it all fixed and be back at Winton. What can we expect at Winton? Well, I think we should be pretty strong. You know, I, I, I think we, I think we're on top of the issues we had at Adelaide, the Grand Prix, and Hamilton. And you know, I think that being our home track and um, you know <coughs> the strength that we've shown, I think that we should be pretty strong.
2: My thanks to Bridie there as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us
3: next
6: week for more V8 Insiders, only on V8X.com.au.